Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Have you ever been misquoted? Has anyone ever taken something you've said and twisted it to change the intention or the meaning to make it seem like you said something that you really didn't? Today we are concluding our series called Misquoted. We've been looking at a few common ideas that followers of Jesus sometimes think that Jesus never actually said we should do. Pastor Nicole has shared how we need to love everyone, not just the people who agree with you. And we've seen that God wants us to depend on him, that God's not looking for people to handle everything by themselves. Today we're joined by Pastor Don Fisher, and he'll be challenging us with a reminder that Jesus never said, we don't have to forgive those who really, really hurt us. Let's get started today. Here's Pastor Don. We're finishing up our series on forgiveness uh, with forgiveness, but at the same time, we've been talking about things that have been misquoted, the sayings of Jesus that have been misquoted. The first Sunday, we talked about that we're to love only people who agree with you. That's a misquote. And then we talked in the second uh, Sunday about someday Jesus just might give up on you. It's a big misquote. And then as we come to our our, uh, message today, uh, I was reminded again in uh, June of 23, 2019, I shared a message here entitled, Let It Go. And when I shared that message, I talked about how that forgiveness breaks the chains of anger and bitterness. Forgiveness is all about you. It's never about the offender. And sometimes God allows people in our lives to offend us just to see if we will show the same mercy to them that God has shown to us. So that brings us where we are today. And there's a portion of scripture that I want to use. And to quickly put it in the context for you, Paul in writing to the Colossians is really talking to them about avoiding heresy, avoiding things that God never really said. And he starts in the first part of that uh, chapter 3, and he talks about you and I being dead in Christ. We become a believer, and therefore we put off certain things, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, uh, anger, bitterness, uh, strife, resentment, malice, putting off all of those things. And then he starts in verse 12 with the word, therefore. And we, when we see the word therefore, we must understand what it's there for. And so he talks now in verse, uh, verse 12. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. In other words, you've put off the old and now we put on the new. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, we can't stop there because the remaining verses tell us that if we put off the old and we put on the new, then we will continue to have the peace of Christ in our mind. We will continue to love people unconditionally. 
And every word and every deed that we accomplish brings glory to God. So that word, therefore, connected the past to the present and to the future. And that's the scripture that we're using today. So today we're going to focus on the sayings of Jesus and how they often get misquoted. And I want to share two or three examples with you. And I know this may sound, maybe for some of you, it may, may sound kind of off the wall or a little facetious. But trust me, in the 45 years that I've been in ministry, I don't know everything, but I know a few things. I haven't heard everything, but I've heard a few things. And some of these things that I've heard goes like this. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have correct theology. No. But I've heard it. I've heard it presented. How about this one? I have come to bring you a new religion. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's all about relationship, never about religion. Here's one. He appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days and spoke about how to incorporate his life and teaching as a 501c3 and go into all the world to build megachurches. No. But we have heard it, and we have seen it, and we've watched it played out. And I believe that when Paul was writing to Colossians, he's warning them of heresy. And friends, I'm not here to condemn or to criticize or to judge, but I'm saying to you, you need to know the Word of God because there are sayings that we hear every day that are misquoted sayings of Jesus. And we have to beware of those. See, we live in a world of over 8 billion people. And there are two things that every person in this world wants. Two things. Wealth and health. If you ask anybody in the world today, what could I give you? What would you want? Wealth and health. The unfortunate part of this is there are a lot of misquoted sayings of Jesus being preached to gain popularity, to gain followings, to gain financial gain. All of these things are happening, and it gives a false hope to those who really need to hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ and how Jesus can change your life, how God will bear your burden. How Jesus' yoke is easy. The part of faith, the part of responsibility and accountability, and, and all of these things are not being heard, but there's a message out there that tells us that if we just do this, and if we just do this, automatically the wealth and the health will come. I think under that banner there are some things that let me, allow me to continue. Follow me, and I will bring you fame and fortune. We hear that. And my response to that is this. If your relationship with God is materialistically focused, 
you may want to evaluate which God you serve. Here's another one. I will answer your prayers on time. We get that. But sometimes our time is not God's time. And we've heard that God is never late and God is never early, but he's always on time. But his time doesn't always coincide with our time. And here's what we have to understand. Faith is trusting God's timing, not ours. And I've got examples and testimonies of how God has worked in this way, and it's great to be able to have faith in God. Here's, here's my last one. You deserve to have a big house, a new car, a big paycheck, and promotion every six months. Now, I know I told you it may appear to be facetious, but I've done enough YouTube surfing that I hear this. And we're not talking about the ignorant and the unlearned. We're talking about, and I'm staying away from particulars and details, but we're talking about massive groups of people that are hearing this message that if you do this and this and this, God will give you a big house, a new car, a big paycheck, and a promotion every six months. And I can tell you this, everything that I just shared with you is misquoting the sayings of Jesus. Now, let's look at one specifically here. You don't have to forgive someone who really hurt you. You don't have to forgive someone who really hurt you. Now, I've had time to, to look at this and to think about it, and, and, and my mind just gets so overwhelmed in, the, in where we are today in our life. All of the protesting that's going on, all of the social injustice, the injustice in law enforcement, all of the things right now with Israel and Palestine in the middle of a huge conflict, so many lives are lost, so many places are being totally blown to bits. And then I also am reminded of all of our military actions those who were killed, those who got an unfair uh, shake in life, all the things that they've had to endure. Friends, forgiveness is a big deal. And why do we look at this as a big deal? And why is it such a big deal to God? Among everything else, we, we talk on the biggies. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do this. If we're a believer, we do this, 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 this. But forgiveness is very seldom addressed. And Pastor Adam hit it nail on the head today. If we don't forgive others, God cannot forgive us. Now, you may think that you have a secret way of skirting that or getting around that, but it's in the Word, and God is saying, unless you forgive, I can't forgive. So that's why it is such a big deal to God. Why doesn't he let us off the hook in some extreme cases? And you're sitting here today, and 
without invading your privacy, I'm sure that many of you have stories of offense and injustices that have been done to you in your life. And maybe some worse than others. And maybe some that would sound horrific if we knew your past history. So why doesn't God let us off the hook in extreme cases? Because human nature tells us that there are some offenses that shouldn't be forgiven. But still, God requires it. Why? I've learned, and I know this, and I think every pastor on our staff is aware of this, you cannot be in ministry and not forgive. You cannot survive in ministry and not understand how to practice forgiveness. Because as you know, in any role, when you are in front of people or you are working with people, there will always be those who disagree, that will not see eye to eye, and sometimes they will let you know that in no uncertain terms. I don't agree with you. I don't like you. In fact, when we were in one of our churches, we had the guy, I inherited him on the church board. He didn't stay there long, but he was there after I got there. And he, he came up to me on a Wednesday night after a Bible teaching. He said, Pastor Fisher, I believe that God has sent me here to get rid of you. As, as God is my judge and witness, he had been on the church board and he felt with total conviction that God had placed him for such a time as this to get rid of me. I had to forgive. I had to forgive. And, and, and the sayings and the innuendos and the things that come with ministry you, in order just for mental sanity, we have to learn to forgive. So it is a big deal. But why does God still require it? Because he forgave you and I. He forgives us. And we're not getting into one-upping our stories here. Because you may say, well, I knew somebody before they became a Christian. Man, they were a mess. They, they were nasty. They were just terrible. They were awful. So, and I knew somebody else, and they did this, and they used to do that, and oh my, they were awful. And when I read through my scripture, it says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In God's eyes, there are no big sins and little sins. We all came into this world a sinner. We are a sinner today saved by grace. No matter what we've done. And you know the thing, after 45 years in ministry and, and close to be 74 years of age, I have found that I are times I still have to depend on God's forgiveness. It never stops. It never stops. Wouldn't it be great if God says, okay, I'm going to give you a cover of forgiveness that will affect everything you've ever done the rest of your life, and you don't have to come to me anymore. But it doesn't work that way. You see, forgiveness is a picture of radical love. 
It offers something undeserved to someone who doesn't deserve it. When you choose to forgive, you're choosing to model the love that God has for you and I. And it's unconditional love. You learn to, to work with people and understand people. You learn there's a difference between approval and acceptance. I've learned that there are people that I have to accept that I don't necessarily approve of. And I've learned that there are people that I have to unconditionally love in spite of lifestyle, behavior, attitude. That's called radical love. And I'm, and I'm thinking back in my mind this week, and I'm thinking, just me, the dumb and stupid things that I've done in my life, and yet God still loves me. And, and it wouldn't take you long to travel back in time and think of some of the things that you have done. And maybe it's been against others or against God or even against yourself. It's the hardest person in the world to forgive is yourself. And we've gone to the place where, yeah, I've forgiven everybody that I know, but have you forgiven yourself? But it's an example of God's love. Unconditionally. So how do we apply this? I think, first of all, we have to pray for perspective. Nelson Mandela, just before he left prison, says this. As I stand before the door to my freedom, I realize that if I do not leave my pain, anger, and bitterness behind me, I will still be in prison. Forgiveness does not make you weak. It sets you free. And he realized, give God a hand clap for that, that God has set us free. That's okay. See, that's the example of your heart telling your hands what to do. I'm happy that God has set me free and I no longer am in prison, so thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. But pray for a perspective. Look at the big picture. Let me ask you to do this. What will your life look like the next 10, 20, 30 years if you're still harboring unforgiveness? What will your life look like? I think if I were to look at my life and project and see the big picture, I would see a gnarly old man dried up with an angry look on his face, mad at the world because life wasn't fair. Is that what we want to project for the next 30 years? Is that how we want to see ourselves? And I, I know I'm waiting for the second shoe to drop for you because you're saying in your mind right now, Pastor Don, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know how hard it was. You don't understand how deep the hurt and the wound was. And you're right. I don't. But we serve a God who loves us 
And we serve a God who can take that hurt and that pain and replace it with peace and love and comfort. So I think, first of all, we have to pray for perspective. And then secondly, we have to evaluate the loss. Let's be honest with ourselves here. You cannot fully extend forgiveness until you come to grips with the extent to which you have been wronged. You cannot fully extend forgiveness until you come to grips with the extent to which you have been wronged. What does that look like? Well, spring is here. Flowers are growing. So your neighbor's not watching, watching what he's doing, and he mows over your tulips. That sounds pretty dear to somebody. That wound was deep. He mows over your tulips. But let's be honest. That's really not a big loss. Maybe he feels bad and he apologizes and he even gives you a coupon to Stan's Garden Center or Mason Farms that you can go buy three times more tulips than you had. See, evaluating that loss, it's really not a big loss. But what about when your spouse has been unfaithful? What about when your employer has wrongly accused you of stealing? What about when a former friend is openly slandering you? And some of you have to go back a ways, and I do see we have a younger generation with us, so these names I've just made up. What about when Johnny and Susie become an item? And it's just about time for junior-senior prom. And Johnny runs into Sally and likes Sally better and invites Sally to go to the prom with him. How does that make Susie feel? You see, there are some things that come into our life that makes our hurt and our loss much greater. But we have to pray for perspective. We have to evaluate, evaluate the loss. And then last but certainly not least, we have to let it go. We have to let it go. We have to give it to the Lord. Because we can't, and it's not our job, to rectify everything. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. Release your anger and your bitterness. Let God deal with the offender. See, that's where faith comes in. Trust me, believe it or not, God will balance the books when everything is said and done. But because of our humanness, we want to see it happen this side of heaven. And it may never happen. But God will rectify and correct every 
wrong in your life. Allow Jesus to heal your wounded soul and your broken heart. Now, I'm getting ready to close, but I, I want to run this by you. Pride and entitlement always go with unforgiveness. Pride and entitlement always go with unforgiveness. And you will hear this. You'll hear this on media. You'll hear this over and over and over and over. I have a right. 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 Pride and entitlement will always go with unforgiveness. But pride and entitlement never leads to freedom or healing. Only God can do that. So what do we do with this misquoted saying? Here's what it looks like. Forgiveness is a command, not an option. And there are no exceptions. I want you to stand with me today, and I want you to pray a prayer with me. You're going to find it on the screen. I want you to pray this prayer. Let's stand together. This, this is how we're closing out. I want you to pray this prayer. We always invite and ask the Holy Spirit to be with us in our service time, in our worship, in our uh, presenting of the message. We're asking the Holy Spirit as we pray this prayer, as you release, you have, you have. If you don't let it go, it's not going to work. But whatever unforgiveness you have, if you release that as we're praying, I believe the Holy Spirit will bring that peace and that comfort and that joy into your heart that you haven't experienced for a long time. So I want you to pray this out loud, not just in your heart. Let's all pray it together. That way we, know, we don't know who this applies to, but we're just praying it corporately. Okay? Pray with me. Lord... Please help me to forgive those who have hurt me and have sinned against me. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, I can choose to live free of bitterness and anger over what others have done to me. Help me to release them into your hands and heal the wounds of my heart. And Father, it's in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our soon-coming King. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and have a great day in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.